a better country. Amen. So where are we? How far are you from your new country? <laughs> are you there yet? Are you heading there? Amen. The Bible says in Colossians, if you be risen with Christ and seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ. And when Christ shall appear, you shall also appear with him in glory. Amen. We're going to that better place. We're looking for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. What a place. We saw at the end of the lesson last week in Revelation, it lists all those beautiful things, the pearls, the gates, you know, the names in the foundation. All these things is there to inspire us and to encourage us to move forward. Amen. As Paul right into the church at Rome, he says the things which was written for was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures would have hope. Amen. And so that is important that we have hope. Amen. But we're looking, see, because hope that is seen is not hope. So if I see it, that's not hope. So I got a hope of a new city, a better country. Amen. I'm going to a better place. I want to walk that way. So tonight we want to start another series tonight. And hopefully over the years you have seen how Jesus and all of this is, is just so much better. Amen. Is it, what it's all about is building our relationship with him so that we see that the things that he offers us is so much better than the things that this world offer us. Amen. So tonight we want to talk about a better life. John 10, 10. I mean, John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. A more abundant life. A more abundant life. Amen. An abundant life is a life that just keeps going and going and going. It's kind of like the energized bunny. It just keeps going and going and going. It doesn't stop. It doesn't run out. See, the things with God are eternal. See? So notice what Jesus said. The thief, he comes not but for to what? Steal. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal the things that God is given to you. And then he wants to kill you. Amen. He wants to take your life because he knows if you are dead, you can't live. Amen. And then he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your dreams. He wants to destroy your hope. He wants to destroy everything that you have. Amen. In your life. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Amen. So the only way into eternal life is by being born again of the water and the spirit and by living a holy and separated life unto Jesus Christ. And we'll talk a little bit more about this as Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 5, and he's told Philip and, and, and uh, Thomas in John 14, 6. Hebrews 12, 14 tell us to follow peace with all men in holiness without shall no man see the Lord. But we must not stop there. There is more. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Many people have life, but not all people have abundant life. Amen. If you are not overflowing with an abundant life, you are living beneath your privileges. For life to be abundant, it must have abundant resources. And the only unlimited resource is Jesus Christ. Amen. So you want to be in Christ. You want to be a part because everything flows out of that. Amen. The same way as everything of the knowledge of understanding flows out of Jesus Christ. Wisdom flows out of Jesus Christ. Understanding flows out of Jesus Christ. Everything flows out of Jesus Christ. He's an unending and unlimited resource. You need finances. He has it. If you need love, he has it. Whatever you have need of, in him, Paul says to the church in, at uh, the, uh, on Mars Hill, he says, in Jesus Christ, we live, we move, and we have our being. Amen. So he is our resource. To possess this full of life, we must believe in him. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life and live and walk in his spirit. Amen. Abundant living is not just for a few. It is God's norm for all true believers. It is a spiritual life in depth. And without it, the Christian life becomes inane and meaningless. If you do not have an abundant life within you, you will soon yield to the fleshly life around you. The fleshly life always yields to defeat, but the abundant life yields victory and Christ Jesus. So some people will say, well, if, if, if I have life, why do I need another life? Why do, why do I need another life for? You know, well, this old life ain't working. <laughs> it might start out and it seemed like it's working good and it seemed like everything is, is going right and everything is happy. You got a good job. You're making good money. You know, you don't have health issues and all this stuff and everything is just working good, you know. So you, you talk to people that say, well, I'm satisfied with my life. My life is good. My life is, is above. You know, I'm doing good. But is that life? You know, that's just temporary things. That's only temporal is, 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 is here. Jesus lets us know that in this life, you're going to have tribulations. There's going to be some troubles. There's going to be some things that's going to come down the road. Amen. So, so you need to, to realize like Job did. Job got up early every morning and he sacrificed for his family, you know, and Job says, maybe my, my children are sinning against God. And then when Job's circumstances and things hit him, as you realize, the Bible said Job was what? He was a perfect and an upright man. But Job realized in his life that someday what I'm hearing about everybody else could really come down my pipeline. And which it did. And that's why he says in Job 3, the things which I greatly feared has come upon me. He says, I was not in safety. You know, I had not rest and trouble came. And somehow it got in there. And so this is why we need to have this abundant life in a true living life, in a life built in Christ so that when things come against us, we're able to stand. We're not, we're able to keep walking and pursuing without giving up and throwing in. Now notice Jesus says, I come that you may have an abundant life, and an abundant life is an overflowing life. It's overflowing with resources, it's overflowing with knowledge, it's overflowing with wisdom and understanding of the things of Almighty God. And this is what God desires of you and I to have in us. He don't want us to be defeated. He came that we may have life. He says the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. In other words, the enemy desires to take you out. But Jesus wants you to live. Amen. He wants you to have, as Peter says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's why when you look at Hebrews 6, the writer of Hebrews 6 said, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things which accompany salvation Though we thus speak, amen, because with your salvation came so many great things. A salvation brought newness. That's why Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Amen. So as new creatures in Christ... I've got a new life also in Christ. Look at Romans chapter 6 real quick, and we'll get to our our lesson here in a second. I'm just laying a little foundation here. Romans 6, starting with verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that what? Dead to sin live any longer therein. See, sin was that Death life is the life that destroy you, is the life that the thief wants you to have. See, because the devil knows that sin can't enter there. He knows if you've got sin in your life, you're going to be pretty soon, it's going to burden you down. That It's going to creep in. It's going to destroy you unaware. See, sin is like cancer. You can't see it, 
uh, until you get on a microscope or something. But it's working inside, it's eating away inside of you, slowly eating, you know, your, your organs and everything to, to slowly destroy you. And pretty soon you start feeling like something ain't happening right in here. Something ain't going right inside of me. See, and that's what sins does is he eats a little bit here and it eats a little bit there. See, and it's designed to destroy you. See, but Jesus wants to be in you. See, he, he says, there's a woman at the well in John 4.15. He says, I will be in you a well of water springing up unto eternal life. Amen. So notice, so we don't want to live in sin any longer because why? We kill the old man. When you repent, that's what you're doing. Repentance is a change. It's a turning around. I realize I'm on the wrong road. I'm going down the wrong path. So I turn around. That's all repentance is. Amen. And so we die to sin. We're saying no more of that. I know that's not rewarding me anything good. So it's killing my life. I'm not living that way. I'm not living in that kind of lifestyle because if I live like that, what am I doing? I'm killing myself. See? But if I walk in the Spirit, if I live in the Spirit, see, that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, the Spirit give it life. See? And this is why Paul would write also in Romans 8 and 9, he says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. See? But if the same spirit, he says, that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it should also quicken your mortal bodies. It's going to raise you up. The Holy Ghost will raise you up. It gives you power to stand. It gives you power, amen, to renew. To, to There's joy that comes in there so that when you're down, as Isaiah says, lift up holy hands. He says he's giving you what? A garment of praise. For the spirits of heaviness, that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now, 6.3 says, know ye not that it's so many of us as was baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. See? When we come up, we're walking in a new life. It's not the same old life. See, that's why when you baptize, you're coming out. You're walking in a new life now. You got a new life. You got a whole new start. Amen. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we believe, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died in the sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise also, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, so the new man brings new life. See? And so therefore, it's important that we realize that when we are in Christ Jesus, we are to have this abundant life, this newness of life. There's a better life, a better way, see? And that's why we want to walk in that new life. In Romans 8, 14, it says, if you're led by the Spirit of God, then what are you? You're the sons of God, see? You're led by the Spirit. You are the sons. And that's why Paul's letters, as you read them written to the church, he's trying to encourage them with this new life that they have. He's trying to show them, look, you can't have a new life and continue in the old life. Because the old man is dead. 
So sin and the old ways of life should not control you. You should be being led by the Spirit of God in the new man, Christ Jesus. Say, should be your lead. He should be following Him. Amen. It's a better life. It's a better way of living. If Jesus is going to be in me the hope of glory, then I've got to live that way. Say, it's what He desires here. And the old man is passed away and behold, all things become new. So why do I need a new life? Well, the old one ain't working, as I said earlier. Say, we, we realize that that path we were on was not rewarding us anything. And James tells us, he says, what is your life? It's a vapor. It's here for a moment and it's gone. Man, it just seemed like yesterday I was in first grade. You know, every time I go home to North Carolina, man, the first thing I do when I drive by my old school is I think, man, it just seemed like yesterday I was sitting in that classroom, you know, in elementary school. You know, now they done tore down the high school I graduated from, you know, and it's like, wow. You know, where did where did time go so fast? Seemed like yesterday. You know? I look at my kids, I look at my grandkids, I'm going like, where did time go? So that's what James says, it's a vapor. It's here and it's gone. See, but we should be living. See, we should be living because why? We're new creatures. See, this new life full of joy, full of excitement. Amen. Because we're going to a better country. We're going to a better place. He's given us life and that more abundantly. Amen. And this resource never ends. The joy never ends. It's up to me when I realize what's inside of me, how I live this thing now. See, he's given me the power to tread. He's given me the power and the authority to live above my circumstances, above my situations, above my surroundings. Amen. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's up to you to lift up your hands when you don't feel good. It's up to you when you when you don't feel good to, to still quote scriptures. It's up to you. Amen. To build yourself up on your most holy faith. Because why? You have this new life in you. It's the power to overcome. It's the power to do. That's what this new life gives you. Amen. You have the word living in you. If the reading the word give you excitement, how much more should knowing that Jesus is inside of you give you more excitement? Praise God. Don't be drawn away by your own understanding. Just do it. (laughs) Just lift up and praise Him and magnify Him. Praise God. See, the children of Israel, their problem was, is as you read the Scripture, they wanted to just keep going back. When God was trying to say, look, I'm giving you a new life. What Israel went through and is showing you and I is the new plan of salvation. When God told Moses to take and put the blood over the doorpost, it was a sign of being born again. They came out. They went through the Red Sea. Amen. They passed, as Moses, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, they all passed through the waters and the sea. Amen. They was all baptized by Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Amen. They all had the same meat. They all had the same drink. Amen. Listen, I don't have nothing different than you. Think about it. I had to repent of my sins. I had to be baptized in Jesus' name. I had to have the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just like everybody else to be His. So, with that in me, and this new life is up to me to rejoice. See? But God was taking Israel to a better place. And they just wanted to keep going back. See? A new life is not a go back life. <laughs> it's a yielded life. See? You yield 
to God. See, you yield not the temptation. You yield not the sin, as Paul says. You don't yield your members to sin. You yield your members to Christ. Amen. I don't use my eyes to look at wrong. I don't use my fingers to click wrong buttons. I, I don't use my feet to go to disco and an electric slide and the boogaloo and the hullabaloo and all that stuff anymore. I don't use my body for that kind of stuff anymore. See, I now use it for the glory of God. See, I lift up holy hands in worship. I set my affections on things above. I use my mouth to edify, to glorify, and to build up, and to encourage and strengthen. See, I want to smell good things. <laughs> you know, you know. Think about what you are. See, this is God. What what God is trying to show us is this newness of life. Is a life that is yielded to God. And we're going to live. John 8, 12, Paul says, I mean, Jesus says in John 8, 12, in John's writing, he says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of what? Life. What is he talking about? The light of life. See, if you were to go back and read through the Old Testament, you will see so many scriptures that point to Jesus Christ as the light. Once you understand he's the word, you, then you understand what David is saying. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and is a light unto my pathway. See, the entrance to God's word give it light. See, so if you follow him, you're going to not walk in darkness. Why? Because in him is no darkness at all. I can't say I'm his. This is what John is would say in his epistle in 1 John 1, amen, verse 5 through 9. He says, here is the message that we declare unto you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from what? All sin. The blood. I'm under the blood. You're under the blood. See? So sin should not have no dominion over you. It's what John is trying to see it. See, so I, I'm yielded to him. That's why when you pray, you say, Lord, thy will be done. Not my will. Thy will be done. That's yielding to God. A life is yielding to God. A good, the steps of Psalms 37, 25 says what? The steps, I think it's 25. The steps of a good man is what? Order of the Lord. See, he orders our steps. See, so the light, he brings light when you yield. Here's my life, Lord. Use me. What does the song say? Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. See, you yield to him. You know? And you, in other words, you're saying, God, whatever you want to do with me. Because this is you. You are in me. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to, to be? You know? This is what you're... You're, that's a yielded life. It's no longer mine. See? And so therefore, when I yield to him, as Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and accepted and perfect will of God. Renew your thinking. That's what the, that's what the church is all about now. You are not the old person anymore. You can't think the same old way. That's what keeps getting so many people in trouble. They keep thinking the same old way they used to think. You can't think that way anymore. 
See, His ways is not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. They're much higher. So you got to change your way of thinking. See, and realize if I go down that road, that ain't going to happen. That is not going to reward me good. I want to walk according to the ways that He wants me to walk. Amen. I want to yield my life to Him. Amen. Ephesians 2, we realize after we have seen, and Paul goes on, he says, and you who was what? Dead in your trespasses and sins, have he what? Quickened together with him. By grace are you saved. See, all of us was in sin and shaping in iniquity. But what did God do? He reached down, pulled us out. The song said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peace of the shore, barely deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despair and cry from the waters, lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Say, this is what happens. God says, taking you out, I'm come that they may have life and that more abundantly. See, and so he brings us out of darkness to the marvelous light. See, it's First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He, he's brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. So therefore, we must walk in this newness of life. It's a yielded life. Look at Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 21 through 24. Paul right into the church here. He says, verse 20, he says, But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. See, this is why Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. See, so the truth is in Jesus because he's the word. Sanctify them through thy truth, John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. And the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of what? Grace and truth. Notice grace and truth. By grace are you saved. Say, sanctify them through thy truth. The word is true. So Paul goes on here. He says that the truth is in Jesus. That you put off, notice, that you put off the conversation, the former conversation. The word conversation there means behavior. The way you used to act. All the bad stuff you used to do. The craziness and the foolishness of life. It says, put these things off. Get rid of it. Clean out your wardrobe. Clean it out. Get rid of anything that's not like Christ in your household. Why? Because you're the temple. Of the Holy Ghost. See? So you have to do an inventory. You've got to search out yourself. So he says, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which at the God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, work with his hands, the things which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. 
Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. And be ye kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye therefore partake, be ye not therefore partakers with them, for you were sometime darkness. Notice, but now you are light and the Lord walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proven what is acceptable unto the Lord. So you see, when I yield to God, I've got to start getting rid of stuff. Because when I become a doer of God's word, it begins to show me things that not is not like Christ. See, the word of God is designed to reveal to us all things that are not right unrighteousness you see because god is a god of righteousness he wants us to do right and if in him is truth then we have to live truth this is what the bible says mark the perfect man but the end of that man is what is peace see god is perfect he's the perfect man amen so we mark him we do what he does and what he says amen and so therefore we can be what God has designed us, of us to be. So his life is a yielded life. This life is a yielded life. And so we want to live yielded to God. Here am I, God, every day. God, what do you want me to do? What road do you want me to go down? You know, who you want me to talk to today? What do you want me to tell them? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to encourage? Who do you want me to build up? You know, yield to him. Amen. It's what he desires us to be and us to do. This life is going to come to an end someday. This life, but we're going to have a new life. Amen. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, if in this life, or we have the hope in his Christ, he said, you're going to be miserable. Say, we're looking for a better place. We're going where there be no more night. We're going to newness of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're going to the better place. John 3.16 says, For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we could what? Have eternal life. See, and he's brought it. He's brought it to us. He's given it to us. So I've got to live. Amen. I've got to live. The world is dying all around me. I've got to live. Amen. i got to build myself up on my most holy faith. i got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to have joy all over me. Joy in the morning. Joy in the evening. Amen. Notice what Proverbs 6, I mean 2 says. If the question is there, it'll talk to you. It, it'll keep you when you lay down and sleep. What a better way to wake up in the morning and the word talks to you. Think about it. Amen. When you wake up in the morning, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and you know what is on your mind? Quoting scripture. Because it's talking to you. Amen. It wakes you up. It talks to you. And when you have that, you know what it's, you're doing? It's bringing you life. 
It's building you up. It's strengthening you. Is what you're looking at. Peter tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us. He's not willing that any should perish, but, but all should come to repentance. Because he wants us to have this newness of life. Amen. Because this life is yielded to God. And so that's what you want, is you want to be his. As the song says, I'm his and he's mine. It doesn't matter how I feel. See, he knows me for who I am. See, and so I've got to have this life. As David said, by my God, I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. See, that's what new life does. Man, think about the goodness. If we could get people to realize this new way of living, how much encouragement the, the hopeless that's committing, thinking about committing suicide or, or those sitting in the mental ward could have. Amen. They're, they're not, they're living below their privileges. If I have not seen and ear have not heard and neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them, wow. They're missing it. That's why people in the world is so downtrodden all the time. They don't have life. See? But God forbid, as born again believers, we don't have life. It's supposed to be running over. I think that's what Jesus told the woman, didn't he? I'll be in you a well of water springing up unto eternal life. John 7, did he not say, Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters? Amen. Think about it. Nizel had already prophesied the same scripture. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, Isaiah 55, he says, Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. He says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? He says, hearken diligent to me. Come, eat, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Amen. He says, incline your ear. Come, hear, and, and your soul shall what? Live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. For I have given him a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. And he shall call people which thou knowest not, and nations shall run unto thee which thou knowest not. Because of the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Think about it. Come on and eat. Come and dine, the master calling. Come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude and turned the water into wine to the hungry soul say, come and dine. Amen. There's so much for you. There's so much. There's no limit. That's why God asked Abraham. He says, is there anything too hard for God? He told David after he sinned with Bathsheba, he said, what are you doing? You didn't have to do that. He says, if what I had given you wasn't enough, all you had to do was ask. What are you missing? Most of us got so much, <laughs> we, we don't realize how much we got. With the Holy Ghost, we've got all the resources. Amen. We've got everything we need. With the power of the Holy Ghost, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discretion, miracles, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, joy, love, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Think of all the stuff you got. You're rich. You're king's kid. <laughs> Your father owned the cattle on a thousand hills. 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It's yours. All belong to you because of this life now. Paul says, you who was dead have now made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, this life is yielded to him now. That's why I don't disco anymore. I used to love to disco. I, I, I used to get down. Don't think I could. <laughs> you know, but, but it didn't reward me anything but heartache and headache the next day. But see, now I can come into his presence and worship and dance and run and jump and wake up the next day feeling good. That's the Pentecostal workout. <laughs> Amen. To think about it. It's just so much he wants to give us. Amen. See, we yield to him, but the devil wants us to yield to him. See, that's why Satan came to Jesus. You know, the Bible says in, in, in all the Gospels that when Satan tempted Jesus, you know, what was he trying to do? He was trying to get Jesus to yield to him. See? Is that was what what he was trying to do? You yield to me, and I'll give you this. You yield to me, I'll do this. It's, that's what he does. See, he wants you to yield to him. He gives you fake promises. See, he gives you fake promises to make you think you're gonna do better and and do this. Oh, come on, get out of that church stuff. You don't need to do that. You know. But notice what Jesus said. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, what God is doing in your life, the enemy is going to try to usurp you, amen, to, to get you away from that because he knows his goal is to kill you. See, to take your, your dreams and everything you got away. I've seen so many people, amen, that I, I just try to say, hey, do you realize what you're doing? Are you are you going to give up this for that? Don't you know that's not going to reward you anything? You know, as Phyllis Craig and Dean says, one night when you're getting down on the dark side of town, this choice I made will be lifting me out of here. Amen. This world is going to pass away. Then what? Then what? Amen. Then what? Think about it. Amen. We have newness of life. It is a yielded life. It's a yielded life to just say, God, whatever you want to do, I'm yours. Amen. Number two, this life is a service life. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, chapter 12 through 14, he says, And I think Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. I, you know, I like the way Paul writes, Miriam. He, he just builds me up every time I read how, how he writes. He says, I just thank Christ Jesus. I don't ever just stop and just thank God. When you're just sitting there going through your vo- devotions in the morning, you, you know, you're sitting, you're reclining, you're sitting at your table eating, you know, or whatever. You're laying in your bed. You got your pillow behind your head, Jesse. And you just say, Jesus, I want to thank you that I got a bed to lay in. I want to just thank you because I got a roof over my head. I want to just thank you that I got a car to drive. I just want to thank you that I got a church to go to. I just want to thank you that you brought me out of darkness. Just think about the things you can thank him for. See, think about it. So Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who have enabled me for that he counted me faithful. Notice what he did. Paul says he did. Put me in the ministry. <laughs> Now, most people wouldn't be thankful to be in the ministry. <laughs> but Paul says, I'm thankful that God enabled me. He gave me the, the the abilities. He gave me the resources. He gave me the things that I needed. Amen. And he counted me faithful. He God looked down and says, you know, old Rufus, I think he's been, he's been pretty faithful. So I'm, so I'm going to enable him to be in the ministry. Think about it. See, he, he put me in the ministry. This is what Paul is saying. So I'm thankful. 
But notice what Paul says. He says, who was before a blasphemer, persecutor, and injurious? But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. See, most of the things we do before we come to God, we just dumb. We're ignorant of it. We don't know it because we haven't read the Bible. You know, we just think it's, it's the way it's supposed to be because we see everybody else doing it. You know, and we do things ignorantly. It's what Paul is saying. But once we come into a relationship, see, it brings a newness. It brings clarity and understanding so we can see how good God really is. And he says, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice, abundance of faith and love, which is in Jesus Christ, he says. He found him faithful. So to have this better life, we must serve the Lord Jesus Christ who became our example, Peter says. He served all the way to Calvary. Jesus says, I did not come to be ministered to, but to minister and to give my life as a ransom. See, that's what we do is we serve. We serve him. Amen. Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Service. See, you, when you yield to God, you're saying, I want to serve. I want to do whatever you want me to do. Okay? Because now I realize where I was. And see, this is what Paul is, is talking in is all of his epistle. See, that's why he says, you know, in Second Corinthians chapter 11, he says all the things he went through. And then in Acts, he said, but none of that moved me. See, because the fact he realized my, I've yielded to God. Because remember when Paul got, got knocked off his mule and, and Acts 9? And the Lord says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he says, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord says, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. And it's hard to get against the pricks. And then notice what Paul says, Lord, what will you have me to do? In other words, God, what do you want me to do now? And then the Lord says, arise, go to discreet, call straight. And one Ananias will tell you what you need to do. See? And you notice Paul's immediately, once he received this sight, he started preaching Jesus. See, he goes and he starts talking about Jesus Christ. See, he went, he yielded to God. Lord, what you want me to do? See, and God said, okay, I'll tell you. And Ananias said, whoa. God said, no, I need to show him how much he's going to suffer for my name. See, and as a result, look at how Paul's life unfolds. As a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. See? He, he, he's committed. He's dedicated to the service. Everywhere he goes, he, he's preaching. He's teaching. He's showing to show them the way. That's why Isaiah had already prophesied. You are my witnesses and my servants, said the Lord, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God form. Neither shall they be after me. Even I am the Lord. Beside me there is no Savior. See, so therefore we are his witnesses now. We are his servants. And so therefore the servants of the Lord, as Paul told Timothy, must not strive. But we must what? We must be gentle. We must be apt to teach that those that oppose themselves may recover themselves out the hands and snares of the devil which is taking them, them captive at his will. See, so now as the servants of the Lord, because we're yielded to him, we have to learn how to be gentle. We have to be patient with people. We have to be kind 
with people so that we can present the truth and love so that the word can accomplish, as Isaiah said in 55, the things where God sent it to. You see, it's what God desires is he wants us to prosper in this thing. Mark 16, 15, go ye therefore and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Servants. It's a service life. Amen. Look at Luke 4, 18 and 19. Jesus, as soon as he came out of the wilderness, the Bible says, as his custom was in Luke 4, 16 was, he went into the synagogue and they handed him the scriptures to read. And he turned to the book, Isaiah chapter 61, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The priest delivers to the captives, recovers sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See? The acceptable year of the Lord. You know, if you worried Isaiah, he left one part out there. He says, the vengeance of the Lord. Because, see, he didn't come to do that yet. That's the last piece when he comes again for the church. That's when he's going to take vengeance, as Paul says in Thessalonians, on them that know not what? The gospel. See, if you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, Paul says, And you who are troubled, rest with us. From the Lord Jesus shall descend again, taking vengeance on them that know not the gospel. Amen. Say. That's why in Isaiah 61, you see it said the vengeance of the Lord. But in Luke 4, he didn't say that piece because it's not time for that yet. But right now, all the other pieces are in operation for you and me. Amen. To get out there, to preach the gospel, to deliver, to heal the wounds. Amen. Why? Because we're servants. That's why Jesus says to his disciples, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part of me. Say, we got to wash some feet with servants. Think about it, Sister Caitlin. <laughs> Peter says, Lord, you're going to wash my feet. He said, you'll never not wash me. Jesus says, Peter, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part of me. Amen. Think about it. Amen. So it's a service life. It is a yielded life. And so that's what we're going to talk about this, more, this month is this better life. This better life, the, the better things that God has for you and me that we even scratch the surface to have, that he wants us to have. Amen. And we will see just how good God truly, truly and really, really is. Amen.